0: Today we're finishing up a series that we've been doing for a fair while now, six or seven weeks, a series called Road Trip. And over the last little while, we've taken some time to look at a number of different stories that happen on the road. And so if you haven't been around for that, you can uh, listen to any of our messages on our website or through our Facebook page as well. But we've been using that as a way of being able to journey closer and closer to this weekend and to be able to get ourselves ready for Easter. And ultimately that led us on Friday to the road to the cross where we took an opportunity to be able to gather at the foot of the cross and to recognise that ultimately the road that Jesus walked led to his death. And it's really, really hard for us, but I want us to try and put ourselves into the shoes of the disciples yesterday morning, Jesus' closest friends. For us, we kind of know where the story goes. But for them, there was no sense of hope. There was no sense of joy or excitement that was coming. When they woke up yesterday morning, there was nothing except questions. What do we do now? Where does this road go now? Everything that we've invested in is gone. Everything that we thought was going to happen has fallen apart. They thought that Jesus was the one who was going to come and save and rescue them and their people... And none of that has happened. There's just emptiness, lostness, significant amount of fear. You thought Jesus was going to do all of this and now he's dead and he's laid in a tomb and it's finished. Imagine how it would have felt waking up yesterday morning to all of that. It's a little bit of a stretch, but... We are really, really excited because the final Avengers movie is coming out this week. So, for those of you who aren't aware about anything about The Avengers, it's this incredible series that Marvel have done uh, that has been going for well over 10 years now, and uh, I've lost track of how many movies there are, but all of them are absolutely amazing and filled with these incredible superheroes. And uh, I won't go into any of the details about any of the story because it would take us a week to explain it all, plus I don't want to give away any spoilers. But needless to say, this movie picks up At a point where all of these people have lost everything. Everything that they thought was going to happen has fallen apart. And they have lost a significant number of people that they are very close to. Everything that they thought was going to unfold is gone. And the trailers that have come out for this movie have done a spectacular job of entering into that emotion. And wrestling with the questions of what do you do when everything falls apart? When you thought this was the way it was going to go, and now it's all gone, where do you turn? What do you think of? And we can't wait to see what the answers are to those questions as they unfold. But I think that those trailers and the emotion that's in them is a really good insight into how the disciples were probably feeling yesterday. Just this sense of everything's gone. Everything that I believed in has completely fallen apart. And so today for our final road trip, we go on a road trip with two of Jesus' friends. As they make their journey, most people would say, from Jerusalem back to their hometown of Emmaus. It's an 11 kilometre walk, and so they're heading home after everything has fallen apart for them. Heading back to Emmaus after so much expectation about what this week was going to be about. So much expectation about what Jesus was going to do as he rode into Jerusalem just last Sunday. After three years of following Jesus and putting everything you've got into that relationship, heading home with a sense of emptiness. But there are these questions as you set out on the journey. Because something confusing has happened this morning as you've gotten up. A couple of the women, a couple of your friends, have gone to the tomb to get Jesus' body finally ready for burial. They couldn't do it yesterday because it was the Sabbath, and so they've gone there today to just get him ready. And there's a sense of heaviness around that. And yet all of a sudden, they come bursting back in with this crazy story that Jesus' body is not in the tomb. What's happened to it? And not only that, it gets even weirder. They say that they talked to an angel. Can you believe that? An angel who told them that Jesus wasn't there because he was alive again. That doesn't sound right. That sounds ridiculous. Maybe they were a little confused. So a couple of your other friends, Peter and John, run over to the tomb as well. And sure enough, they find the same thing. It's all empty. Jesus' body isn't there. But at this point... Because it's so ridiculous to think that Jesus could possibly be alive after everything that you've seen, your assumption is that it's probably just another trick that the Romans or the Jewish leaders are playing on you. Something else that you're going to have to deal with, something else to pile onto the grief that you're already feeling as you make this journey. And so these two friends walk along the road. And in Luke 24, verse 15, as they talked and discussed all these things, Jesus himself drew near and walked along with them. They saw him, but somehow they didn't recognize him. All of a sudden, this stranger appears next to them as they're having the conversation. And they're so lost in their grief and so lost in their conversation and so lost in the questions that they've got, that they don't even recognize that this is Jesus. Jesus. And that's something that should be a huge encouragement to us because all of us at different times in our lives, including some of us today, go through seasons where we feel lost, where we feel confused, where we feel overwhelmed with what's going on. And sometimes all of that can mean that we feel like Jesus has left us and that Jesus isn't with us in the things that we're working through. But this reminds us that often Jesus is actually there We just can't see him because of the things that we're working through and that we're going through. Well, Jesus then says to them, what are you talking about to each other as you walk along? And these two friends cannot believe that someone would even be asking that question. They say, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have been happening there these last few days? Like, where have you been? And even if you haven't actually been in Jerusalem, have you heard nothing of what's going on? Were you not around last week, last Sunday, when Jesus rode in to a noise that was like the shaking of an earthquake? Did you miss all of that? You didn't hear any of the rumours about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem? Were you not around throughout the week as people continued to talk about all of this stuff and then all of a sudden this rumbling started to grow about Jesus being disruptive and causing trouble and something needed to be done about this and this growing... Uh, A noise around Jesus needing to be killed? Were you not around when the crowd was shouting at Pilate for Jesus' death? Were you not one of the people who walked past Jesus as he was hanging on the cross in a very public place? And even if you weren't, did you not hear anyone else talking about this? Because this is the only thing anyone's been focused on throughout the last week. Then they explain a little bit more. They say this man was a prophet and was considered by God and by all the people to be powerful in everything that he said and did. We'd hope that he would be the one who was going to set Israel free. And here you can see that they've started to pull things back a little bit. They've kind of come back to just saying, well, I guess that Jesus was this prophet, that he was this miracle worker, that he was this really, really amazing teacher who did some really good things, but he can't have been the Messiah because he's dead, and all of this saving and rescuing we were expecting from the Messiah hasn't happened. So we guess that that's not who he was after all. Then they explain to Jesus about the events that have unfolded throughout that morning, the women who'd been to the tomb and come back with these surprising and astounding stories about the fact that they met an angel who said Jesus was alive, and then they explain about how Peter and John went to the tomb, and they saw that it was empty, but they didn't meet Jesus either and so jesus then replies to them in verse 25 and says how foolish you are how slow you are to believe everything the prophets said and this is one of these times that we have to be really really careful that we don't misinterpret things because of our sometimes very weak english language because it's really easy to read this and see jesus being pretty harsh on these people who are going through a lot It's pretty easy to read that and hear Jesus saying, how foolish you are. Like, what's wrong with you? Seriously, how can you have missed it? you not been paying attention? Come on now. In actual fact, the original translation is probably closer to saying, how silly you are. You can almost imagine Jesus saying it with a bit of a chuckle. (laughs) Guys, how silly you are. How can you have missed all of this, given all of the things that we've talked about? The tomb's empty. Does that ring a bell? Anything that we've talked about in the last few days? Any reminders there at all? And then Jesus takes time to walk through Moses and the prophets, which for us is really the Old Testament. And he walks through step by step an understanding about who he is and what he's come to achieve. We recognise that the Bible is not one book. The Bible is a book of 66 books, more like a library in some ways. But weave throughout all of those 66 books is one key story that goes all the way through. And so Jesus would have started by helping them to understand that God created the universe and the world and humanity for one purpose, so that we could have a full and complete relationship with God and live at peace with each other. That's what the original design was. But in order for us to be able to be people who loved God, he had to give us an option of being able to say, Thanks, but no thanks, because otherwise we're just robots and we just have to blindly obey what God tells us to do. And so baked into humanity from the very beginning is this decision for us to say to God, thanks for your advice, but we're going to go our own way and do what we want to do. And so God doesn't give up at that point and say, well, I can't believe I created these people. like, seriously, i give you all these options and you take the wrong ones. God then chooses a group of people to walk with throughout the journey of the Old Testament. These people who are called the Israelites. And God's relationship with them is the same way. He tries to explain the same things to them. What I want you to know is what it looks like to live in a healthy relationship with me and a healthy relationship with each other. And so here's some instructions about how to do that in a really, really great way. And the Israelites say, thanks but no thanks. And they go off on their merry way and they mess a whole bunch of things up, but God doesn't give up on them and he welcomes them back. They realize that they've made huge mistakes. They come back to God, and God says, here's what it looks like to live in a healthy relationship with me and a healthy relationship with each other. And the Israelites say, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go our own way and make a bunch of other mistakes as well. And that's what happens all the way through the Old Testament. But as that happens, there's this growing sense of expectation that at just the right time, Someone is going to come along, who's going to fix everything once and for all. That this Messiah, this Saviour, this Rescuer is going to come and finally give us a full and complete relationship with God and the ability to live at peace with each other the way we've always been designed to be. And so Jesus would have walked through all of the prophecies about all of that. Now, the disciples at this point still don't realize that it's Jesus that is saying all of these things. They just think this guy's really, really smart. And this is one of those times when we would love to have a transcript of what Jesus said. Can you imagine sitting down and reading that or listening to what Jesus explained to these guys on their road to Emmaus? Would have been awesome. So eventually they come to the village that they're going to. They reach their destination. And remember, this has been an 11-kilometer walk. So this has been some conversation that they've had together. And so Jesus then acted as though he was going further. And this, again, is where we need to be careful because Jesus didn't pretend that he was going to go further to just kind of see how they'd react. Jesus looked as though he was going to go further is what we understand by Jesus acting as if he's going to go further. He's like, well, thanks for the conversation. I'm going to continue on my merry way. But the disciples say, no, we want to have more of this conversation. This has been really, really great. We'd love you to come and to stay with us so that we can keep talking about these things and keep understanding more of what's going on. And this is a really great reminder to us that Jesus never imposes himself on us. Jesus patiently waits to be invited in. Jesus doesn't assume what we want or assume what we need. Jesus waits for an invitation for us to say, we want more of this. We want to spend more time with you. And so they sit down to a meal in verse 30. Jesus takes the bread and he thanks God for it, and then he breaks it. And in that moment, the disciples have the biggest flashback that you can possibly imagine. They think back just a few nights ago to Thursday night, When they sat around the table and saw Jesus do the same thing. And all of a sudden they realise, this is Jesus. He's been with us the whole time. All of a sudden it all just makes sense and it all drops into place. And that's why communion for us is such an important part of what we do together. Because we recognise that when we gather around the communion table, we don't just stop to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. As important as that is, we take time to gather around the communion table to recognise that we have the chance to meet with the risen King Jesus, who is alive and is here with us today. The same experience that these two friends had as they sat down at the table with Jesus. Tim's going to unpack that more when we get to communion in just a few minutes. So today we want to wrap up our message and we want to wrap up our road trip series before we move into communion with a question for us to reflect on as we head into the rest of this weekend and beyond. The question is this, where is Jesus on the road that I'm walking? Where is Jesus on the road that I'm walking this morning? Some of us might feel like the two disciples were at the start of their journey, confused, Alone, scared, uncertain about what the future holds. If we're honest, the road that's ahead of us is kind of a road that's covered in fog. We can't actually see what's ahead of us. Or maybe it's like there's a really sharp turn coming up and we can't see what's around the bend. And so for us, as we gather here again this morning, we might be thinking to ourselves can any of this actually be real? Where is Jesus in the midst of everything that I'm processing, in the midst of this fog right now? Where is Jesus when I need him the most? The answer to that question is that Jesus is right here with you in the midst of whatever the circumstances are that you're facing. You're not alone. You have no need to fear what is ahead. All you need to do is continue to take one step after another and to recognise that Jesus walks that journey with you. Some of us are in a place where maybe we're wrestling with the question about what's next in our lives. Maybe, like the disciples, we've had some really amazing experiences. We've learnt a lot. We've seen some really amazing things happen, but we've reached a point in our lives where we're wondering, okay, now what? Where do we go from here? Jesus wants to talk about those things with us. Jesus wants to walk us back through the experiences of our lives and the things that he's been doing so that we can see the way forward and see the things that he wants to do in us and through us, regardless of what that looks like, whether that's about us going back to school when school holidays is over, going back to uni, going back to work, whether that's about raising families, whether that's about the chores that we do day in, day out, whether that's about the time that we spend with family or friends. Whatever it is, Jesus is in the midst of all of those things and wants us to understand he's always been at work in our lives and he's not finished yet. There's still more to come. And some of us might be like the disciples at the end of that journey. We're in a place where we're desperate for more. We actually really want to meet with Jesus. We want to have more of him in our lives. We want to say to him, don't move on don't keep going, stay here. I want to talk with you. I want to share with you. I want to hear more. I want to understand more. And so today we're reminded that Jesus patiently waits for us to invite him in. He patiently waits for us to say, I want more of you in my life, Jesus. I want to have more conversations with you. I want to get more clarity from you. Wherever we're at, The road that moves on beyond Easter is a road that isn't just about a teacher who came to give us some really good instructions about how to live our lives, did some really good things, and then died a sacrificial death for us. Easter Sunday reminds us that we believe in the risen Jesus who walks with us in every circumstance on every road that we walk wherever those destinations are. Jesus, who is happy for us to wrestle with questions, to wrestle with doubts, to wrestle with struggles. And so our focus as we move on from Easter this year into what God has got for us for the rest of this year is not about us feeling like we have to walk the road by ourselves and try and understand, well, what would Jesus do if he was here? How am I supposed to act? What am I supposed to do? the question to wrestle with is to say, Jesus is with me. So what's he up to? What's Jesus doing in my life? What's Jesus doing in the lives of the people that I interact with day by day? And how can I join him? How can I partner with him in the amazing work that he's doing in me and around me? So my prayer and my hope for us individually and as a church collectively is that as we move beyond Easter, we can continue to search, we can continue to seek, We can continue to look, continue to listen and to say, Jesus, where are you at work? In me and around me, in the neighborhood, around us and in our church together. And how can we be a part of the amazing, life-changing work that you're doing? So I'm going to pray and then Tim is going to come and lead us around the communion table. Let's pray. Take a moment in the silence to recognize that Jesus is here with us right now in this moment. And you might want to take a moment in the silence to be able to share with him whatever it is that you're thinking about or you're processing as we move on. Jesus, we thank you that you are the risen King Jesus, that you are alive and you've come to set up a new type of kingdom, that you've given us the opportunity to experience life the way that you always designed it for us to experience. And that's something we get to experience in the here and now, that we get to experience today, this week. It's not something we have to wait for until we pass from this life into the next, but because of you. You've given us open access to that and freedom to experience it today and the rest of this year. My prayer for us as we move on from this series and as we move on from Easter is that regardless of what the road ahead of us looks like, regardless of whether we're feeling excited about that road or whether we're feeling confused or whether we're feeling afraid, that we would have a rock-solid confidence that we walk that road step-by-step with you, that we're not alone, that you're with us, that you're for us, and that you love us. Help us to be able to continue to engage with you, to talk with you, to wrestle through the things that we need to work through, so that ultimately we can see the ways in which you're at work and join you in that. In your name we pray. Amen.